With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Discussion 5 brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey Podcast Network is growing, and we want to make sure that you're aware of everything going on. So let's give you the rundown of the schedule every week brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every single Monday, that's all 31 NHL shows coming at you. One show for every NHL team. On Tuesdays, we've got Tales with TR, which also runs on Thursdays. Uh, We've also got Hockey to Heroin coming to you. The Road to Recovery, hosted by Brady Leavold, every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, The Fourth Line Voice, coming to you every Wednesday and Sunday. The Ice Analytics Podcast, coming to you every Friday. And the House of Hockey Podcast, every Tuesday, hosted by Breezy and Ray Ray. If you want to see more, go to the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or at HockeyPodNet to check out more. Welcome to episode 61 of the Discussion 5. We're brought to you by, of course, uh, the two of us, Brothers of Discussion, and the Hockey Podcast Network, which you heard the uh, wonderful stylings of myself uh, describe to you all those wonderful shows. I do highly recommend checking out the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com and HockeyPodNet if you are looking for some more hockey coverage. Uh, Seems like, Mike, uh, we're all going to be doing a lot of the same show, so we've got a lot of the same in store for you as we talk about the return to play. Uh, why that sucks for your Detroit Red Wings. And, uh, of course, uh, we're going to continue our theme here of, of redrafting uh, as we try to learn, you know, I, I guess the background on, on how difficult it is to actually draft in pro sports uh, because we keep seeing week after week uh, so many boneheaded moves, uh, even in the top ten of, of every draft. But, Mike, as you and I saw... Things are, they might change because this is one hell of a draft year, 2003. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, what we want to do is remind you where you can find uh, the Brothers of Discussion and uh, the Discussion 5. Uh, let's start uh, myself at Clinkman on Twitter. My brother is Michael underscore Clink. You can find the show Twitter account at BOD Hockey. Uh, if you want to check out more Brothers of Discussion, go to BODpodcast.com and BrothersofDiscussion.com where you can follow along on all of our wrestling coverage as well which can be found on Twitter at BOD Podcast. And you can find a joint Instagram account of both Red Wings Hockey and Pro Wrestling at brothers underscore of underscore discussion. You can follow along on IGTV for all of our episodes and the videos playing out now. And a joint YouTube account that uh, we greatly appreciate a subscribe. Uh, right now we're at 11 subscribers, so let's get that number up. Um, it'll be pretty sad, Mike, if, if uh, somebody goes to subscribe and they see like nine subscribers and they're like, oh, wow, they lost they lost two. Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, we're going to try and kick those up. We're starting to make some friends. Um, greatly appreciate anybody out there that can share us uh, and try and bring in some more friends. But uh, that uh, hub, again, is bodpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. Uh, Mike, let us talk the return to play. I'm scrolling down on my notes here, so it's a bit of a hesitation. Well, first, let's introduce podcast guest. Uh, Steve Eiserman, he's here. Yay! 
You know what I wanted hey, to do? I, I just okay. wanted to uh, show to the world that it is possible uh, to use your green screen and to have a background and not have like a bubble pop up over your head. So I'm using the same exact background that Steve uses. Uh, I added, of course, the uh, Discussion 5 and Brothers of Discussion logos. Uh, we had to block out the Myers that are, <laughs> is that, that are that on there. Is that Steve Eiserman? Huh? That looks, is that Steve? Yeah, it's either uh, Steve or... I thought uh, it was a young Wilford Brimley. <laughs> it's Well, it's either Steve, young Wilford Brimley, or Joe Exotic. I, I can't... He's it definitely scared. looks like a... It looks like Iserman after this past season. It's, <laughs> that's what his face yeah. just looks like until we get back to work here. Uh, um, well, we did get to see uh, a pretty uh, docile Steve um this past week talking about return to play and everything that affects the red wings and what what i took from that mike was that was a complete waste of steve eiserman's time uh he has a 45 minute uh press conference i guess zoom meeting um that we didn't get a lot from a lot of steve just going well i wasn't really a part of those decisions um you know we'll see those are some of the answers that we got um yeah we don't know yet um, we'll, you know, we'll update you guys as we learn the, 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 a lot, a lot of answers like that. Uh, okay. but, uh, like well, I he said, didn't get to make one decision. Mm-hmm. He is bringing back head coach, Jeff Blaschel. Oh, good call. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, now, because that, that was a hot topic on, uh, any, or Detroit Red Wings Twitter. Yeah. And local Detroit sports, you got to hear Pat Caputo say, is this really a good move? I mean, this is a bad Red Wings team. Coach Jeff Blashville is bad. But anyway, Matt, two very important things. Uh, one, we were right all along. We blame the players. Yeah. No, you know, Scotty Bowman couldn't have won with these guys. So boom, that's a great victory for us. Uh, victory number two, you get another season of who's <laughs> Yeah, that's my favorite gimmick on this show. Uh, where Jeff Blashill puts a little positive spin on things. So and then over to Gimmick Street. Yeah, he probably fired up the old Brothers of Discussion, Discussion 5, and he's like, I'm coming back, boys. Got another season of uh, material. Uh, but yeah, there's no reason to fire Jeff. Uh, this is a terrible team. Uh, we all know this is Steve's. This is, this is, this is going to be you, bud. It doesn't matter who you put in that coaching seat. You well, gotta get some players in here. Let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Like, does this mean that Jeff Blashless could be coaching in January? No! There could be somebody that gets fired that the Red Wings decide it's time to pick up. If we're if we're waiting for the Tampa Bay Lightning to make a coaching decision, then why would we why why would we put Jeff in the situation? Like Steve's not gonna come out and go, We're keeping him now, but I mean if somebody else comes up, we're gonna take him. Or uh, or fire him, and nothing happens that can help us make our situation better. Um, I think there's so many there's so many things right about what Steve Eiserman did. Not, yeah. You know, not forgetting the fact that no coach is going to win with this team. Right. But uh, like you 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 fire Jeff Blaschel as this team starts to get better. Um, we're not at that point. We're, we're not the team that is like a step or two away from becoming a playoff team. Uh, we are so many steps. We're, 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 we're not a player away. Yeah. Right. We're a, we're a first and second line. And then, you know, maybe a top four defenseman and then a, another top four defenseman and then another, and then the rest of the top four. Um, yeah. like one quick thing too. Uh, I, 
with with Iserman's word choice. He didn't say this, but <laughs> since the Red Wings aren't going to play again until January, it would be kind of cute. You know, we'll reassess Jeff Glashlin in 2021. Like, wait a minute. That's when the Red Wings are playing their first new game. <laughs> <laughs> So. Well, I just, uh, you know, what, what gets uh, thrown out on uh, on social media so much is, like, line changes from Jeff. Uh, what you can't forget is that Jeff doesn't make the decision on who gets called up and called down. So a lot of people are complaining about that. Not Jeff Blaschel's decision. Uh, if you're mad about that, guess who you got to be mad at? That guy. Wilford Brimley. Yeah, we're That's not mad right. at him yet, though. So... You know, cut it out. Uh, but the line change thing is insane to me because uh, I, I'd have to show, throw a shout out uh, to another uh, Red Wings podcast. So I'm not going to say I did this research, but uh, it was uh, Wings for Breakfast provided by uh, The Athletic. Um, I highly recommend you don't subscribe to that. Stay subscribed to this because we'll we'll just we'll repeat all of their research. Information is uh, always better secondhand. Go ahead. The, the line the line flipping they that they did the research on and the statistics they're. Every coach does the same amount of line changes. Like they they went through like weeks of of play to figure out like what what is Jeff Blaschel doing that's so different from every other coach? Nothing. So the complaining about these this line changing is just people trying to pinpoint like they watch the games, they see that a, a line has changed or that players are getting moved around between lines. And then they they just put a pin in that and they go that's it. That's that's the thing. When in reality, the line flipping happens, the line shuffling, because there's no talent on this team. Jeff is trying, like, think about the, the, the difference it would mean if he just sat there and was like, ah, no, just keep rolling them out. Like, this is a guy that's putting in effort to try and find a solution. And to put that down for, like, one of the worst teams in NHL history is just mind-boggling. This is a guy that is, is, has been given such a dog crap basket of eggs to, to create an omelet. I, I, I just, you got to keep cracking them to find that one egg that you could put that three-egg omelet together because it's just, right now, it's rotten and spoiled and it stinks. And yeah, I, I don't want to eat that omelet. Sometimes Jeff. when you're getting out of uh, cleaning the litter box, you know, you you know, do you put the turds, you know, at the bottom of the litter? Do you put them <laughs> on the top? Do you put them in one of the corners? It doesn't matter. There's still cat turds in the litter box, so it doesn't matter how you arrange them. They're still going to be peppered in. There's nothing he can do. He needs the GM to sift those turds out. Yeah, you know, put there some gold go. in. I was going to say, Mike, I don't think you're using your litter box right. You're just moving turds around. Right. There, the cat could poop right there. You could put a little treasure in there. Yeah, <laughs> He's supposed to clean it out. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm I'm, I'm thrilled that you brought that up because for whatever reason, that didn't make it into my notes. But uh, yeah, Jeff, Jeff's sticking around. Guys, calm your shit because Jeff's going to go when the timing's right. This is not like Steve's saying like, no, we're doubling down. If we're going to win a Stanley Cup, it's with Jeff Blaschel. No! We're not going to win a Stanley Cup next year. So just, you know, douse your shorts. Because they're on fire right now. They don't need to be. Um, no. All right. Yeah, so uh, I think we, we approve of this this move. So, we approve of yeah. that message that Jeff is sticking around. Again. Approve the move. Yeah. W- like, what company out there, like, you know, we all know that I, I lost my job. But when I was getting broomed out and I was getting these uh, emails where I was starting to see it and, and they were telling me like, oh, bet, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, the subtext is like, uh, 
you know, you're not coming to this meeting. That's very important uh, because you're going to be fired in a couple of weeks uh, because of COVID or what have you, budgetary reasons. <laughs> Steve and any other company is not going to come out and start saying that uh, <laughs> and telling Jeff that he, he should start looking for his next, you know, Jeff, Jeff knows that he's not doing a fantastic job. But uh, Steve also knows it would be a terrible business decision to start hinting at the fact that changes are coming uh, for guys that he might need to start game planning and preparing for training camp. Not, of course, the one coming up in July, but the one coming up in December. Ah, just so confusing why people are so upset about this. All right, so uh, why are we talking about hockey and training camp starting in December? Uh, it's because uh, the, the return to play, Mike. Uh, if... If the players agree to return to play, this is what'll happen. So all we got this past week was the layout of what the NHL proposed to the uh, NHL Players Association. And the Players Association agreed that, yes, we will do this, but we aren't necessarily returning to play. But if we do return to play, this is what we will do. So they're going to do the 2014 playoff, which does not include the Detroit Red Wings um a we was robbed uh a, a round of five games uh between uh what do we have we have the um five through 12 in either conference going at it and whoever wins those five games moves and, and will be seated as a one through eight team in the conference um whew, those first two rounds in that playoffs uh, will be po potentially five games each. Uh, and what's so funny is what was referenced there was like, well, we don't want the, the guys to be playing uh, seven games. It'll be safer that way if they play five instead of seven. And I was just like, no, the, sorry, safest thing, zero games. But uh, here we are. Uh, <laughs> now, well, it's the weird that like they want to jump into a five-game series and I, I you know, I, I know that they're, they're trying to, you know, finish this so that we have time to like get started on next season, which hypothetically is going to be the full 82 and seven round seven, you know, set game seven game round, seven game round, seven game round. But even best case scenario, like we talk about ring rust, you know, for like in wrestling, the undertaker edge, these guys who don't wrestle like Jesus, what are they going to look like when they haven't been wrestling, you know, for this extended amount of time? Like, none of these guys have been on skates. Yeah. So it just feels critically important that we get these guys on the ice doing something before we're doing, you know, games that are going to potentially decide, you know, the Lord Stanley Cup. Um, so I, it looks like it's a little bit down the notes here, but I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'd be jumping into a five-game series. It's almost like the first couple games of that series are going to be garbage anyway, so we should probably do seven just so these guys can, you know, get the rust knocked off and, you know, get them, get them at a, a playoff-level uh, performance. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. So, I don't know how to think about it because, again, like, if you're going to jump back into play – like we we don't want to add more like the thing I hate most is preseason for every sport and how long it is because all we're doing is putting guys in uh you know we're, we're risking with games that are meaningless uh their health. So do we do we risk their health in a meaningless game? Do we risk their health in it's just 
that's tough because they're 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 in a they're doing a job right that has more risk than what our jobs entail uh i i'm risk-free right now besides the times that you know my paintings have fallen off the wall and i got smacked around by them in the head uh most <laughs> most of the time this is a risk-free uh job uh just sitting here in front of a camera uh, so they, they, they do have to take on some risk, regardless of the corona or COVID aspects of it uh, that, that you want to, you know, talk about. I just, at this point, let's let's just do some meaningful games. They're going to get hurt. It's going to happen. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't know if there is a good solution. Right? If, Matt, what do we do if Barclay Goodrow gets hurt? Or let's say he catches COVID. Nothing. What do we do if Nikita Kucherov gets COVID, Matt? What do we do then? Yeah, that's that's the thing. Do we just they, shut they down they... the Lightning, or do we shut down, you know, both teams that were, you know, the two teams playing each other? Yeah, like, and that we was just pause for two weeks. That was the question we asked last week. Was um... And we brought it up because of what happened in in Germany uh, and their their <laughs> yeah. soccer league running. So it's not it, it's not something that I believe that they're going. Uh, like I think the the Nikita Kucherov thing. You know you know what's funny. I I think they'd keep it going if it was Sidney Crosby. I think then they'd like no no it's, we're gonna pause the league. Like we need Sidney Crosby in here. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if Nikita Kucherov rolls off, uh, anybody's, uh, tongue who is a casual NHL observer, um, where Sidney Crosby transcends the NHL and I disagree. Listen to this, Nikita Kucherov. (laughs) Yeah, but you have a podcast, you have a podcast (laughs) about hockey. You don't, you don't count as a casual uh, casual observer. Kucherov carried a couple fantasy teams for me. I really like him. Um, I agree. I nobody's making the argument that he's a bad hockey player. <laughs> I'm saying that the way the NHL sells itself, I have never just, seen a commercial with Nikita Kucherov in it. But we all have seen just, Sidney Crosby. My, and, my beef is that we've done this like three episodes in a row where the NHL is like, "All right, we figured it out. We're going to do 2014 playoff thing, and then maybe some games beforehand to get everybody ready to go." Okay. And it's like we've done that same announcement three times. Uh, but we still haven't figured out the contingency plan for if, you know, a player gets sick. And more importantly, if a good player gets sick. And even more more importantly, if one of our faces of the league gets sick, what are you going to do? So what I was going to say was that they do have, like, part of the proposal included these contingency plans. Uh, and it does include, like, shutting down again um quarantines uh for the specific players extra testing for the teams that do have a player that tests positive um you know part of the part of the issue was uh when they when they first said they were looking on returning to play was they weren't they weren't going to put the rest of the country or the continent um you know they they weren't just going to take tests that they don't deserve just to play a game uh but it looks like they're going to be putting you know these players through like thousands when when it comes down to it you do the calculation it's it's going to be literally thousands of tests that could be going around the country but instead we're going to do them before and after every game for all of these players all the team's personnel uh you know just just so that we can be on tv uh but yeah like they they say they're doing enough you and i we both know like as 
the the official statement from the brothers of this discussion in the discussion five nobody's doing enough they're just trying to get on tv to make money and i'm looking directly into the camera to make sure i say that and everybody knows what where we stand but i you know what stinks is that this is going to happen regardless of us saying this uh, possibly i mean maybe the players are on board with us and they're also going to not approve this and then it's never going to be a thing um yeah i think that's what they're waiting for like when we say this is approved if they do come back and play the reason it's not is because the players still don't have a good solution for how am i going to see my family what happens when i get sick what happens when my family gets sick what happens when somebody my family knows gets sick are you guys going to quarantine us because we may have seen them like a week before what do you do to get into training camp what if i had seen somebody that had been sick and now i'm coming into training camp for a couple weeks um you know, I, it's just, you're going to have to keep track and, and spreadsheet out all the people that you've seen two weeks before you go into training camp. That's what you'd have to do, right? You'd have to, you'd have to tell these guys you're quarantining two weeks before you go into training camp. Is that fair for a human being? Um, I guess you could make the argument, yeah, if they're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. Um, but if they don't feel that way or they don't see it that way and the a majority of the NHL players and the association don't agree, then we just won't see the NHL. And and even everything I'm listing, it's supposed to sound insane, like who would actually go that length? Uh, because one, the NHL is not going to go that length. And and two, you probably have to go further than that. And, and, and even through my exaggeration, you have to go further than that to ensure that this is the safest way to come back and it just won't happen so it's unsafe and it's gonna it's going to probably happen regardless well uh matt we got some more heartbreaking news here uh the lottery which i think when that reaction shot of steve behind you if you want to move to your side real quick yeah, that looks like the face uh, when he learned how the lottery is going to work this year. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we heard a proposal that it sounded like we all, we were almost guaranteed the first or second pick. And now it sounds like there's a much higher likelihood of us dropping down the draft. Um, Matt, what were those details uh, about <laughs> what they're going to do now with the latest uh, proposal for return? Well, it is. Uh, it's pretty funny, too, because it does take like you do need a minute to digest. And I liked uh, a few podcasts I listened to and articles I read are like, why are we saying that this is so confusing? Well, because you, you do actually have to pause for a second before you start just running through this stuff. But uh, so, so the draft is going to be what it was going to be before any of this happened. The, the Red Wings are at 18.5% uh, for phase one of the draft lottery. So there's two <laughs> phases because it's possible since they're doing the draft lottery before all of these teams are set because they're, they're going to do the draft lottery to give you know the, sh the shitty teams some content to, to talk about they're going to do the draft lottery before the play-in games are played before we have a result so that means the play-in teams have a shot at winning the first pick Woo-wee! all right so here's here's part two uh, since the, uh, you know, the chances of winning pick one, two, and three are going to stay the same. And those are the, you know, we'll, we'll go through those picks. 
if a play-in team, not knowing who they are, wins pick one, two, or three, they're going to do phase two of the draft lottery later on. I can't remember if that was TBA, if they have a date decided for that. It probably doesn't matter. Uh, they're going to do a phase two where every team who has a remaining lottery pick will get a 12.5% chance at winning that pick. So, essentially, in this phase two, you have no benefit and there's no parity to being a shitty team besides the fact that you're still in the draft lottery. That all goes out the window. So, if just one pick goes to one of these play-in teams it could be all three then they're going to do a redraft like a redraft lottery but every team will be have the same chance of winning those picks god what a nightmare and they'll only do it if you know let's say the red wings get number one we're locked in we have number one we don't have to worry about phase two at all because we'll our 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 sole lottery pick will be gone right like it'll be locked into number one same for number two and number three they don't they're not gonna like redo all three picks they're gonna do the ones that go to the play-in teams so our best hope right now is that we get one two or three and of course that means if we don't get uh one two or three we'll be at number four because then they'll redo the rest of the picks in order uh, so the only benefit the Red Wings have is that we won't fall past number four, which is the same situation we were in before. It just kind of, it when you're looking at this and you you go through a season like we just saw, and, and you know we're going to talk about drafts going forward, Mike. We're at 2003, so we're at the first time the Pittsburgh Penguins get to benefit from, you know, picking high, which resulted in them becoming one of the top franchises the last uh, you know 15, 20 years. Uh, with um, well, you know they draft Flurry, he goes over to the Golden Knights, but then uh, Crosby and Malkin coming in in consecutive years as well. So like that's just not a thing anymore, um, and it becomes less of a thing when you see this phase two of the draft and the league kind of doubling down from going in one direction where the Red Wings, who are one of the worst teams in NHL history this past season, God forbid they get a first or second pick. To going in a complete opposite direction where if we don't lock in one, two, or three, and and one of these teams that has a chance at winning the Stanley Cup wins a one, two, or three pick, then we're all we're just all thrown into a bucket and it's, you know, whose name gets picked out of the hat. I, I just God, you know, to me, it it really feels like after the entire NHL complained about the worst team. And one of the worst teams in NHL history getting a shot at the one or two pick, like how bad they fought against that or how strongly uh, they felt that that should not happen. They really went in the other direction and really just flipped it and went, all right, well, fuck them then. Um, I, I'm not a fan of it, but Mike, this continues. Uh, Cause we said, why does this entire plan suck for the Red Wings? Uh, well, it also sucks because the last hockey we saw was at the beginning of March and we're probably not going to see hockey again in Detroit until January. So we're almost going to go an entire year without seeing Red Wings hockey. And it feels like, Mike, it feels like, you know, if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, God, more of the same, you know? 
You can't just get regular Rick and Morty when you're supposed to get Rick and Morty. You gotta go years at a time. So instead of us just going a few months without hockey, we're almost gonna go an entire year. And uh, what sucks about that, Mike, is selfishly we don't get Red Wings hockey, but also one of the things that's being missed, um, if you're not, I mean, if you follow hockey Twitter, you're not missing this, but, um, you know, think about all the games that Moritz Sider could benefit from right now, getting some, some play. Uh, even if the Red Wings came back and got like this little round robin to, uh, you know, I don't want to lose our draft pick, but, (laughs) but if they came back and just, you know, these teams could schedule some time for these players to like get to know each other and, and bounce around a bit. Sure. That's unsafe. Um, so maybe that's why we don't do it. Don't put these players at risk just so that, um, you know, Moritz Sider can get some play time. But, uh, you know, if this COVID thing never <laughs> happened, is kind of how we want to look at this. Um, we miss out on, on that, those opportunities for those players to, to get, get NHL ready. Uh, especially, you know, Moritz Sider is one way to, to, to start talking about that, where we're like, man, he had such a great AHL season. How are we going to keep him down again? Um, so, I guess the argument I'm making here is that Moritz Sider is probably guaranteed to get a good shot at the NHL. But what about Joe Valeno? Where we we don't know where he's going to fall, but that that's a guy who, as the season progressed, he got better and better with the Griffins. Where he started out very piss poor uh, and worked his way up to just poor. Uh, we'd love to see him work his way up to okay and. Um, you know, I'll probably get thrown under the bus with, with that opinion, but, uh, you, you know, I, I'm i not one to get too excited about well, a fourth liner. So could he could he yeah. go up to third line or second line? We won't yeah, get to I, see that progress now. I think you're touching on something super important. Uh, you know, the Red Wings, <laughs> having got awful luck in these uh, lotteries, um, it feels like we drop every time we're in it. And now my confidence is, is really shook about us doing well in this lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, so what the Red Wings have been doing is trying to get multiple, you know, uh, extra picks every year. But the only way you really get the value of accumulating all this young talent is for them to develop. And for us to have to wait till January that means we still have these young guys, you know, waiting in the wings, you know, like the Valenos, like hmm. the, uh, the most ciders. No pun intended, right? They're yeah. They're just not developing. So, I mean, they're, yep, they're young, but they're not getting an opportunity to be on the ice and improve. It almost makes me feel like, you know, you want to have, um, kind of a, almost like a, like a loser's tournament where I don't know if we want to put, draft slotting on the line but you know something for you know the fans of these other teams you know to, to get something um you know to to kind of you know be that little uh leopold statch uh, like the leopold statch uh tournament where you get a little void filler you know just something so red wings and red wings prospects aren't waiting you know basically 10 months between games it's it's really kind of a bummer yeah, you know what the the best way to look at that too is um, I and I you know the people who love the Grand Rapids Griffins and their life is devoted to it. Um, man, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say, but goddamn, if that isn't every gun you know AHL game to me, I don't you know, need I, to win. It, I don't need to win the Calder Cup. I just need these guys to start playing. So if we're talking about games that mean nothing. It's the same thing as having them roll roll through some AHL games. Uh, you know, I, 
you and I, I don't think we have quite this amount of informational depth as far as how these players' contracts work. Because one thing the NHL compared to other sports, you know, it's easily, to me, you know, the most international of all the other sports, like how it plucks people from other countries to come play in the United States and Canada. Mm -hmm. I just wonder if the way the labor works, if the Red Wings could be proactive and take the initiative and be like, Hey, it's going to be almost 10 months, uh, uh, till we actually play something of merit. So maybe we should try to like get together and do something a, a little bit organized here, um, to kind of build some camaraderie and, you know, kind of help develop and, you know, bump into each other kind of thing. Something a little bit like the Detroit lions would do where you could just have practice, but what they would do is invite like, I believe they did the Patriots. I want to say they did like the Texans. They would invite them over to Allen Park and they would, you know, have team versus team practices. I wonder if you could do something like that because it's it's such a long time. Well, I think like it's, to, yeah. you're not, you know, you're not just missing that opportunity to, you know, improve. Well, um, it, it's going to need league approval the the board of governors are, are gonna have to say yes to this and i think it, it comes down to like what what is the pr uh shit storm that's going to to come after that when the nhl goes yeah we're just gonna have games nobody can watch it uh it's just two teams getting together uh because what what uh, i believe i believe it was the buffalo sabers um we're asking about some some uh some opportunities to play games over the next few months um God, I don't. Or no, it was uh, it was the LA Kings. Uh, so the LA Kings were actually already asking for this, and they got a big no. So hmm. it, it's something that these NHL teams and, and Steve Eiserman mentioned it too on his forty-five minute uh, Zoom meeting. Uh, you know, it, it it's going to be a long time, and it's a huge bummer to miss out on that stuff. But um, man, I hope uh, nobody can hear my neighbor who's mowing his lawn for the third time this week. Jesus, there he goes. <laughs> See, I rent, so I just had my uh, landlord come over, and he, he did all the edging and mowing, and uh, I actually got a pretty good landlord. Shout out to uh, Mark and Christina. He said, uh, grass got pretty long. We do this every two weeks. If you want me to come next weekend, just uh, shoot me an email. So, wow. Yeah, hey, we, thanks, uh, thanks, Mark and Christina. My wife and I, we pay for a service, and uh, the guy comes once a week, but every now and then, he's like, ah, I'm going to take a vacation. Does he tell us? No. <laughs> anyway, um... Mike, is it really I, a vacation if I have to tell you about it? <laughs> well, speaking of mowing the lawn, man. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to transition right into the only lawnmower I use. It's the Lawnmower 3.0 from <laughs> Manscaped. That's right. The Lawnmower 3.0. Mike, I don't know about you, but I'm keeping those curlies uh, high and tight. Uh, they're not even curly anymore. You got you to gotta give yourself some space. It's getting... It's getting really hot out there. Uh, it's kind of chilly True. today in, uh, in the metro Detroit area. But, uh, man, I've been out guardian, gardening uh, the last uh, the last week and being out there in 80-degree heat. I'm I thrilled that I don't have to worry about my Brillo pad heating things up down there. Um, oh, my God. I, I needed that ball deodorizer like a mother. Let me tell you. Yeah, I'm really seriously. glad I had that. Yeah. Like, thankfully, uh, social distancing is, is ensuring that we don't need uh, too much ball deodorizer but uh you know if you just you don't want to smell yourself um that's that's the reason to keep using it um but anyway mike uh this is the electric trimmer we've been talking about for weeks uh manscape spent 18 months 
redoing the lawnmower 3.2.0 uh, to give us the 3.0 that features the cutting edge ceramic blade advanced skin safe technology you're gonna be nick free and uh mike when we together as a team tell everybody that this is premium i have i mean i'm considering using this thing on my face honestly uh you've got the led light that's gonna shine where the sun don't reach that's right i'm making up my own phrases You've got the 7,000 RPM motor with the quiet stroke technology. Everything involved in that area that involves a quiet stroke, I'm a big fan of. And let's not forget about that wonderful charging stand. Number one, you're going to keep that thing ready to go whenever you need it. You're going to have it ready to go for up to 90 minutes. Number two, you get to show off that you have that great trimmer. So anybody coming over is like, man, that guy's got a nice tight Brillo pad. He doesn't even have a Brillo pad. But, folks, if you want to try out that lawnmower 3.0, if you want to cut down your pubis three times a week like my neighbor, God, I hope he's not watching the show. I know his son knows that this show exists. <laughs> if you I don't know. I think the timing off, of him mowing the lawn is a little suspicious. I, I almost think he's a plant. We're this like, is a all reminder. Right, segway. Hey, if you want 20% off and free shipping on your lawnmower 3.0, uh, go to manscaped.com and use code THPN. Of course, in reference to the Hockey Podcast Network, use code THPN and get 20% off your lawnmower 3.0 and free shipping. Mike, it is now time for us. Actually, I, I usually let, I, sh I should pause a little bit more uh, after that. It is now time for us to jump into the 2003 NHL draft as we have done... <laughs> Uh, for weeks now, we're trying to redraft to learn a little bit more about the NHL, learn a little bit more about these drafts and how important it is for the Red Wings to get that first pick, uh, or at least to just draft a couple of guys that'll work out because it seems to mean the world uh, to some of these teams. Uh, Mike, I'm, I'm going to start off first by dubbing this uh, the year that we built the West Coast. And this just shows oh. how important it is to get at least a couple guys uh, draft draft. Land, land on at least two, but the Anaheim Ducks, Mike, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll tease this here. They're going to be our scouting department winners because in a couple first-round picks, they put together two guys that are going to help them win a Stanley Cup and pretty much make this team, except for the last couple of years, but make them uh, a viable cup contender, an easy playoff contender year after year. And that's Ryan Getzloff and Corey Perry. Just insane that these guys go... Uh, in the same draft to the same team in the same round and that's that's where these guys aren't getting a first pick uh, to pick these guys up so this is really your scouting department is is getting this win uh, Anaheim Ducks because of you can't you, you land two franchise players um, and, and to think that the the Ducks come into this uh, off the the JS Shagir uh, Stanley Cup run uh you know you get the playoff mvps is uh the guy who, who doesn't even win the cup so the devils win the cup but like we, we talked last week was that the bet was 2002 the best year for the detroit red wings they put together that monster team they probably make a ton marketing wise they put they create red wings fans for generations to come and the stanley cup but they also had one of the best drafts that would help them create the team that was going to win the 2008 stanley cup this, Mike, 2003, the Ducks start to build their fan base with Jagir having that amazing cup run. And then they, right after that, they start setting up their team with the draft of Getzlaff and Perry 
that's probably going to be one of the reasons they they win the cup in 2007 so okay, i do they have as good a draft in 2007 no but this 2003 draft coupled with the fact that this was like that boom for the ducks um and they're going to be transitioning out of the mighty ducks soon i i this really could be as we go back to back years 2002 is definitely one of the best years for the detroit red wings obviously because of the stanley cup but it, it ranks higher than 97 um and 98 because of how many guys they drafted uh that that seemed to change the the future of the franchise um but then for the ducks same thing i don't know i don't let me continue my list because no, we uh... also got joe pavelski jeff carter brent burns dustin brown i kind of mix those guys up you want to focus on jeff carter and dustin brown with the kings joe pavelski brent burns for the sharks this really yeah. did build the west coast this draft yeah i mean uh good lord this was a this was a stacked draft um i mean we had a couple years here where uh since we've been doing this project where it's like man hopefully you hit a home run with the first or second pick because <laughs> after that it was just a bag of diarrhea yeah um you you could just to, to say like to do those numbers again man we had 25 guys play 800 plus motherfucking games uh 14 guys playing 1000 and plus games you you almost you you have to have a dedicated effort to fuck up this draft like there was so <laughs> many good players available um i mean like i guess you know medical advances are starting to keep some of these guys who you know might have been out of the game with like a you know a twisted ankle you yeah know, they would have been playing 200 games or 300 games um we're just getting so much better at uh scouting talent developing talent um you know we might have to retire one of our categories here uh my favorite the yuri depita where we uh, i saw that yeah with the oldest guy in the draft um but yeah it's it's such a solid year for uh anaheim uh you know san jose builds their you know um you don't want to call it I don't know if legacy is such a strong word, but I mean, they were in the playoffs. What? Not, not, not quite at the Red Wings level of 20 years in a row, 20 plus. Uh, but you had, um, you know, like a 12 year run here where the, the Sharks playoffs, 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 where it was just, you know, that kind of level of consistency with, with, uh, you know, a strong roster. Yeah. Um, you know, like years past, it felt like, you know, this year was this, God, this was such a great draft. Um, but, you know, I think part of the problem, too, when we talk about um, why are we even drafting guys who are 30 years old? You know, it's like some of these drafts, there just wasn't any talent. So after, like, two, three, four, five, you're you're really, you know, kind of going through with a fine-tooth comb to find somebody. But, like, the oldest player in this draft, Matt, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the categories here. The Yuri Depita, he was only 26. He's uh, a... Pierness, uh played 56 games. Eh, you know, not anything meaningful. But, you know, he's 26, where previous years we had guys who were already in their 30s. Um, this year we had uh, a guy of merit, uh, Jan Haida, uh, played 627 games. Then um, we had 135 playoff games. Yeah. Solid. I don't know if you can really be upset about that, Matt. Um, it's just we're starting to figure it out. I don't think it's an accident that this boon is starting to happen as medical advances are getting there and we can fix ACLs, we can fix MCLs, ankle surgeries are not that big a deal. We can get you, you know, back on the ice the same season. 
Um, you don't have to cut short your career. Right. Um, you, you're going to get paid too, because we're going to be able to fix your body. So it's, that's, that's, that's part of the reason we see these monster, monster, um, uh, like, uh, like amount of good players. And they're, they're available all the way through the first round. We have guys in the second round, third round. And we still have Matt, one of your favorites, the dead suit diamond in the rough. Am I taking that, and that one? player? All right. I, I know you love Datsuk. I kind of did the little profile on him, but it was Joe Pavelski. Yeah. Um, good God. Uh, incredible consistency from this guy, Matt. Um, our Datsuk Diamond in the Rough winner. Uh, eight seasons of at least 60 points. So sometimes we got to, you know, kind of make some um, uh, take some liberties here to get, you know, a player in that spot. You know, maybe it's just somebody drafted in the 200s who's pretty good. Uh, but eight seasons of at least 60 points. Uh, he got 100 playoff points in his career. Uh, you know, he's part of that shark stretch uh, with 12 straight playoffs, 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 playoffs. Um, we're also big fans of guys who actually, you know, can play every single game. Um, he had six years where he played the full 82. Good stuff. And one lazy year where he only played 81. What a bummer. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, seven years of consistency there out of 12. Uh, you know, and then he did play for that Sharks team that <sighs> lost to the goddamn Penguins, uh, you know, in 2016. But, man, incredible career for Pavelski and a guy drafted at 205. So, uh, props to Joe. Matt, I know the category you created here, uh, the Good Boy Award. You want to jump, jump into that one for us? Yeah, and I, I, I like – I like giving out this award because, uh, again, it's just like the Pavel Datsuk Award. That's where you kind of look at a guy who is successful uh, because it's very easy for dog crap to stick around on one team because who else is going to take them? <laughs> take a cheap contract. You're like, yeah, I'll yeah. give you the hometown discount. Um, <laughs> but th- this is about uh, somebody that could easily fetch some dough in the, in the, in the market, uh, free agency market, but they, they stick around. And... I, I really like bringing this back to Pavel Datsuk uh, because it's Patrice Bergeron who, over his career, is probably second only uh, to Pavel Datsuk in regards to being a two-way forward. And to me, I, I get it when you love your high-scoring guys. Like, that's how you sell the sport. That's that's how those guys get ranked and end up in the top 100 greatest players of, of all time. Um, but this is a guy I, I think with Pavel Datsuk should be in those conversations where it's unbelievable to me that Datsuk isn't in the top 100 greatest players of all time. But Bergeron definitely should be in that conversation, especially with the points he's been putting up the last few years. But he's always in the Selkie conversation, and he's a guy that you fear. He's a guy that you don't want on the ice when you have your top line out there because it's going to be so hard for them to put even a puck on the net. Um, but you, you get your cup. Um, and then, um, uh, on top of that, I, I think right now he's sitting at 869 points, uh, over his career. Obviously, uh, he's going to come out of this draft as one of the top forwards picked up, but, uh, with a few more points is Ryan Getzlav, who, uh, also is a guy who could venture around the NHL, but he's stuck around with the ducks. Um, 
you know, maybe at this point he's already got a Stanley Cup, so he he's not in that boat of like Joe Thornton. Why is he still sticking around with the Sharks when he could go get a better situation? Or why are the Sharks holding on to him and not trading him? This is Ryan Getzloff, who already won his cup with the Ducks, so he's just he's going to be that career guy, um, captain uh, uh, for the Ducks. I, I actually couldn't tell you right now if he's still captain, but uh, 965 points. Sticking with that same team, again, two guys that could fetch a ton of dough on the free agency market um, and really tip the scale in regards to what the top contract is, and uh, they chose to stick around. And famously for the Boston Bruins, have uh, some of the best players in the NHL and don't have like the same cap issues that we saw out of the Detroit Red Wings, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the Bruins just keep sticking around, and it's, I mean they finished this season as uh, the top team in the NHL thanks to Patrice Bergeron, and they they continue to be Stanley Cup contenders. So uh, a draft a guy in 2003, and and now he's a Selkie every year, and easily could be in the heart conversation if that award ever changes to stop being the guy who earns the most points uh, for the year. Um, Good Lord, how many times did he win the Selkie? Is it four? Yeah. Good God. And uh, we got the old Red Wings, Mike. Um, it's it's hard to say how to feel about this draft because um, <sighs> you could say, you know, at, at this point we love. <sighs> Do we love? Hmm. All right. Well, we got some good feelings from Jimmy Howard every now and then. And that's who we drafted this year at 64. The first pick the Red Wings took. And uh, yeah. he's 19 when he's drafted. Um, he does not end up being, you know, he's nowhere near being the best goalie. But uh, he does end up with the second be- or the second most amount of games played for a team. Um, Corey Crawford was taken ahead of him, so that's not an option. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury ends up being the first pick that we'll get into later for the Penguins. Uh, but Yaroslav Halak um is a guy that that comes to mind where he could have easily won the um our uh the pavel datsuk award at least for falling so far in the draft and having a pretty good career um almost uh making a tough situation for the canadians were they going to go with halak or carrie price and pretty pretty crazy that the canadians draft carrie price and then yaroslav halak ends up being uh, a part of their, you know, just just some great scouting in regards to, to picking up goaltenders. You don't have to try too hard to pick up Carey Price, but you did have to try pretty hard to pick up your Oslav Halak. And, um, you know, good good on the Canadians making that pick. But Jimmy Howard is, is you know, that, that'll that be the, the draft pick a note. Uh, the other one is Kyle Quincy, who stuck around long enough to become, you know, one of the hated defensemen on... Uh, you know, once we once we started to take our dip, it, it always comes back to that conversation of um, being the hero uh, and being a hero so long that you become the villain. Something we learned in the Dark Knight back in two thousand eight. But uh, that that's that's kind of what happened with Kyle Quincy's career. Not not a terrible career, uh, especially for where he was drafted at. But um, I mean, you can understand yeah, why Wings fans got upset at him turnovers. It was it was just weird because. You know, we we drafted him. He was our baby. Um, he was part of that, uh, you know, Red Wing process. He and Jimmy Howard were, you know, drafted in 2003. Uh, Kyle didn't hit the ice for the Wings until the 0506 season. Uh, you know, kind of similar to Jimmy, where he was just, you know, hanging out in the minors. Um, and then, 
It's like the Red Wings just got frustrated and said, ugh, you know, he's only going to play a couple games for us. Let's trade him. And then they traded a first-round pick to get him back. And then, you know, he he'd had a couple decent seasons, you know, um, in L.A. and Colorado. Eh, you know, not, not blowing the world up, but, you know, you could shoot pucks off him. You know, he had some blocks. Uh, but he wasn't like a, a point man, so he was, you know, kind of a – more of a defense defensive defenseman and Red Wings brought him back and yeah, you know, they, they got one okay season out of him where he played 82 games, but eh, I think it's almost like they were more upset that we drafted him, didn't get more out of him initially, gave up on him and then traded a huge draft asset for him. And he, it didn't really pan out. Like he, he didn't really set the world on fire. He was, you know, kind of a quiet defensive defenseman and it, you know, I, I think that's why, you know, he doesn't quite get the love um, that, that he could have. That's trusting your scouting department too much <laughs> to go back so many years and go, this is our best option. Uh, but it, you know what? We've talked about it before. Sometimes sometimes those tr- those trades, and, and it's too bad that Kyle Quincy becomes, you know, the reason that um, it, it's – or it, it is a failure, and then we get mad at him. Um, but sometimes those trades happen just because – there's so much pressure uh, in in the NHL to like make those draft the the trade deadline trades and to, to do your your upgrade and you know we had the years where the Red Wings would say well this guy's coming back from injury and then you know the paper the next day is like what the hell there's so many guys available we, why are we waiting for a guy to come back from from injury um, but yeah I, I I just I think I think uh, it's a guy that noticeably when he was on our team would would create problems where you would ask is there a replacement player that could be here that wouldn't be creating these issues um and that sort of becomes for every team that's that's not a standard or you have to give up that kind of draft capital Ugh. i'm sorry or you have to give up that kind of draft capital to reacquire him yeah i mean uh, like i said like that with the pressures of the media and the fans to make those moves sometimes that that's why that 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 happens and becomes an issue or you put yourself in this position where you absolutely need a defenseman. Some, you know, somebody better gets traded and then you you're stuck with what's left. And you've already said, I'm willing to get rid of a first round pick. There's, there's so many variables, but um, yeah, it just didn't, didn't work out with, with Kyle and the Red Wings and walking away with happy faces. Uh, But Mike, did we miss anything? Is there anything else? Yeah. The only other thing I would touch on is, uh, you know, we talked about this draft, you know, helping to build the West. Um, the Ducks and the Sharks being, the, you know, the big examples of that. But, oh, boy, there's also some scouting department losers. Um, I'm looking at you, Phoenix. Uh, I think – are we going by Arizona or Phoenix this season? I don't know. Uh, but, man, out of this draft, they got – you ready for this? Yep. Exactly zero NHL games played. Zero – NHL games played. Now, you want to you want to kind of backtrack a little bit because you know they're they're not drafting in the in the first round, and you know that that's usually a spot where you can you know you can pluck somebody. Um, yeah. You know that's what Ottawa did. Who you know they got like Patrick Eves with their first rounder, and their last pick was Brian Elliott, who's yeah, you know, he's a pretty solid goalie. So they they kind of stunk too this year. You know, like seven donuts in between uh, Patrick Eves and Elliott. But yeah. I mean, you got two players, you can't be too upset. But Phoenix gets zero man games. Um, so what happened with their first rounder? 
It's when they picked up Damon Lanko. Um, he's a solid dude. Uh, they only got three seasons out of that trade. Um, you know, one one year in the playoffs. But it's just, I think this starts to this. You know, like we're talking about, um, uh, uh, like medical expertise starts to get better. So we're not having guys, you know, with like those lingering injuries, we can fix them. And that's how we're able to get, you know, so many players playing 800, 900, thousand games. Yeah. This is also the year where we start to see less of that. Let's just give up a first round pick. Um, Cause Link Cow, while he was okay, I mean, you're giving it up in one of the, you know, uh, like, like strongest, depthiest drafts, you know, in recent memory. Um, and that first round pick ends up becoming Jeff Carter. Uh, you know, one of those dudes still playing, uh, solid, you know, I count on him 40, 50 points. It's just for you to give up, you know, a, a guy who could be on your team for six to eight seasons. Um, like, like Carter was initially for the flyers, you know, to get three seasons of Lane Cow and only one playoff year. And he, I think he got like a goal, maybe two goals, something like that. in that one season, the trade-offs just not worth it. Um, so teams started getting, you know, these players started getting healthier. We could take care of them better. We started to learn how to draft and develop and we learned the value of first round picks and Lane Cow. Okay. Uh, not worthy of this first round trade. So, uh, Phoenix, you are the big losers in this draft. Yeah. You wonder, you know, with the, the trades, you know, what, what is, what is, uh, what is different for the coyotes? So they, we can't blame the, the scouting department on that, but then to come up with nothing, no games played out of who, who does get picked up. Well, it's like, it's, you're going to talk to that scouting department and be like, what's coming up in Oh three for us to give up a first round pick in this draft. And they're like, ah, Link Cow is going to be better than anything we could get in the first round. So it's just like, what? So, I, I don't know. They go hand in hand. That's why I'm still giving them an F. But, All right. I think uh, I think we pretty much got it, Matt. So, uh, yeah, let's try and help some teams out. You ready? Uh, I'm ready. I got that list down at the bottom of the, the notes there. If, uh, who uh, who uh, went first? I think you went first last time. Did I? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first pick was uh, Mark Andre Fleury for uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, my God, there's so many good forwards and defensemen, but <sighs> I mean, he did he did get Pittsburgh a cup, and he got to watch uh, Murray win a cup uh, from the bench. Um, you know what? Give me Fleury again. We, we try to keep this a little consistent. You know, if they took a goalie first, that means they wanted a goalie, they needed a goalie. You know, previous, you know, this was this was in that, what was that three-year run, right, where they got uh, Crosby, Malkin, Flurry when we started to get suspicious of this whole uh, lottery system. Yeah. How are we hooking up Pittsburgh like this? Uh, it's just bullshit. Um, but, I mean, they're, you know, they kind of have that forward plan already. Let's get somebody in the net. Let's get a guy who actually won a Stanley Cup. Um, a guy who was on the bench for another Stanley Cup or two. Um, yeah, he, 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 is, he is magical. I, I, you can't be upset about that. You know, you won with him. I'm, I'm giving him the, the first pick to Pittsburgh. They're doing it again, man. Oh, he's... All right. So even if it did come at the Red Wings expense. I mean, yeah, you, you kind of look at how the Pittsburgh, how Pittsburgh's future, like we're, we can't change the past. They're going to suck. They're going to get to this point where they're almost going to be moving out of Pittsburgh, which is insane. And then they go 
uh, Mark Andre Fleury, Malkin, Crosby. All of that can still line up if we don't change anything. So why would we? It, it just makes too much sense. Uh, but even with that being said, and the Carolina Hurricanes coming up, and Eric Stahl making the difference he's going to make for the Hurricanes, um, I I feel like the way that I set up my love for this player early in our discussion, it would be oh, so stupid it's gonna be. of me to not take him be. at number two. It's Patrice Bergeron is going number two. I, yeah. Eric Stahl is is not one to uh, you know to sneeze at in regards to his defensive abilities, but I, I'm really sitting here and I'm saying. Um, I, I value a two-way forward more than anything, and I'm saying the number one player I would have on my team is Pavel Datsuk. So if I'm saying the number two guy as a defensive forward or a two-way forward and gets you some points is Patrice Bergeron, why would I take anybody else? Number two, going to the Carolina Hurricanes, Patrice Bergeron. Solid pick, Matt. Um... Make it nice and easy for you at number three. So, uh, what's more, 400 or 797? I, yeah, I think you're overthinking it. I think this is way easier than drafting. <laughs> I mean, you're getting a guy who, who bet he built California. He put the entire state on his back, much like his uh, governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Matt, give me Corey Perry stepping in. He's going right. to help out the Florida Panthers Ooh. here. They wanted a right wing. We're giving them a franchise uh cornerstone here in perry um it's i heard i heard some i heard some was that some jeering and booze yeah. what was that over there yeah I, it was so easy it was it was lined up for you you had you had a, a another franchise player that that could have stepped in there for florida um all right so officially you are taking Corey perry and I, I what you're doing there is lining up uh the wingers that are being drafted i i oh yeah i don't know if if florida was looking for a right winger if they were just going i mean they're in the top three they might just be looking for the best guy available um what one thing uh of of note here is just the the picks that were moved around because florida had the number one and pittsburgh traded to get the number one florida probably thinking with the the system they already had and uh uh the goaltenders they had set up they're definitely not going to take a goalie or else they're not trading around uh that first pick because that did happen on draft day that pick uh, but, uh, so I'm taking number four, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets picking up a winger. Again, we know where the Columbus Blue Jackets stand. We're, we're drafting them in the top, <laughs> in the top of this draft year after year since they've, they've come into the league. Uh, so I, I think we just got to build up this team, uh, and get some guys that are going to get some points for, for, uh, for the Blue Jackets. So hasn't been taken yet. Eric Stahl going at number four. Nice and easy for me. Now you got number five and... Buffalo Sabres. Well, um, you son of a... You know what? In this bizarro world, Matt, I'm going to I'm gonna say that we just... The Ducks are done. They had their, <laughs> their one season because Getzlaff is getting picked here, Matt. Number five, Buffalo. They took Bannock. Uh, we had a cup of coffee with the Red Wings. Um, and it was, we also got to use them as a trade piece one year. Um, <laughs> they did get a... We're we're gonna defer. You you've talked me. We're gonna deter. You've talked me out of uh, this positional consistency. Um, I, I mean Brian, beautiful man. Uh, he's right up there with you know, not quite at the Ber <sighs> defensively, maybe not at the Bergeron Detsuk level, but you know, still up there for Selkie voting. Uh, you know, dude gets a lot of points. 
Um, his apex was 91 um, in that 08, 09 season. Um, yeah, you know, you get a, you get a, again, another cornerstone. It's, it's really hard to screw up this draft unless you're Phoenix. Uh, so <laughs> number five, uh, give me, give me the Ducks other cornerstone here, Matt, that gets you to number six, who originally the Sharks took Milan Michalik. Well, Mike, I'm going to have some fun. Shout out to Braveheart, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to have some fun here because I, I, I know. I know. Okay, so Mihalik comes in as a right winger. Um, but I, I just, there's so many great defensemen that were taken in this draft. I feel like if San Jose knew, knew what was coming, uh, that they would make this change too. And there's still some great wingers that they could take. But I think we saw some huge dips from from one of the guys I'm looking at right now in the last few years, uh, especially when he made his move over to Minnesota. So I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do something where the San Jose Sharks just get to bring a bring a guy home a little bit sooner, uh, and he's actually moving from Minnesota to San Jose. Mike Brett Burns is being drafted by the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, he's gonna go. Like it. He's gonna, he's gonna have an opportunity to become uh, a Good Boy Award winner uh, in our. And our weird reality. Very important distinction. You don't want to miss out on being a good boy. <laughs> so here's, you know, you've got uh, you've got number seven in the Nashville Predators. It looks like we're finally doing some draft picks that uh, are filling holes. I mean, originally the Predators took Ryan Suter. I, man, you gotta, you almost gotta talk me out of picking him again. Because I mean, at this point, you could either take him. You know, you got. Shea Weber. Uh, you want to, you know, you got the Fanoofs of the world. You got the, the Dustin Bufflins, uh, Seabrook. I, I just, I think this is one of those picks. One, two, three, four, five. Just like the Penguins. I think you could, I think you can give them a, you know, A-OK. Um, you know, for point share, he's, Matt, he did so good. He was almost a goalie. Because <laughs> we talked about how that point share statistic. Yeah is a little flawed in the way it's it's weighted so heavily for goaltenders. But I... Suter, you know what? I, I think you're just going to die in Nashville. Um, that That's it, man. I, I can't move him. Um, uh, you know, he never... Did, no, we don't have any Norris victories for him, but, you know, he's a top-end defenseman there for a couple years in a row. Um Career high in points. Uh, let's see, he had a couple 51 bombs in there. He's uh, still playing solid, you know, up to this season. Um, I, you know, if you're going to get that kind of longevity, you're going to get that kind of consistency. Uh, you know, he's, again, on pace to get 50 points this season, you know, the shortened one for COVID. I, I think Nashville, I think they've done good. I think they've done good with Ryan. So they're going to they're gonna sit tight. Uh, bravo to their scouting department. All right. Well, you're talking point share, so I, I'm going to play the same game then with the Atlanta Thrashers, who also took a defenseman. And man, Mike, if we were managing the Atlanta Thrashers right now, like if you go back in time, <laughs> they've picked up, they have Zetterberg, uh, they traded for Robert Lang and Todd Bertuzzi yeah. uh, a few years ago. And, now they're still drafting in the top 10. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, but... this is, we've built like one of the greatest teams of all time. <laughs> But, uh, what a dynasty we've built in Atlanta. Now, I love it. <laughs> what 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 they did end up drafting uh, with uh, with Braden Coburn. He he's not you know a, a Hall of Famer. It actually wasn't a huge miss when we look at all of the the first round draft picks that we've been talking about for yeah. the last few years. 
Uh, it's good to get a first-round pick to play some hockey games. That's at this point what we're seeing is is, is means a lot. But uh, I'm gonna go to your point share um, strategy, and I'm gonna take a guy who's ranked higher than Ryan Suter, and that's Mr. Shea Weber. He. Right? He hasn't been drafted, right? Okay. Your hesitation. Oh, he is not? All right. Yeah. No, Shea Weber is, is headed on over to the Atlanta Thrashers. Um, Mike, we, we've built a powerhouse in Atlanta. I wish that, you know, we could <laughs> get the DeLorean revved up, uh, hit that 88 miles an hour, and head on down to Atlanta because uh, <laughs> we're going to be GMs for life uh, down there. But uh, Well, uh, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, the Selkie uh, defenseman uh you know defensive forwards here um you know norris is this is the first guy we've seen uh like get nominated to actually win this award man i don't know how it's just kind of very vaguely been peppered in but matt you're picking a former messier award winner for leadership and you talk about you know a team that already had zetterberg on it now they're getting (laughs) The Messier Award winner of 2015 and 16. My God, this this there's going to be some inspirational speeches in that locker room. <laughs> I, I'm really jealous of the Atlanta Thrashers. Let me tell you. Um, so Matt, that moves us. We go to Calgary. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, they they initially took Dion Phaneuf, um, a guy I think both of us always picked up in the NHL video game. It was always fun to pronounce his name. <laughs> It's gonna be really tough here to to move away from Phaneuf. I really I don't I don't because I already took Andre Fleury staying at one with Pittsburgh. I took Suter staying in Nashville at seven. It's just mm-mm-mm. Weber was gonna be my boy. We're gonna we're gonna improve that just just a smidge. You know what? We're going to do it again. Stay put. Calgary did, you know, I don't think they should have no. been, you know, screwing around with the Corey Crawfords or the Seabrooks, the Jeff Carters, who who got a quick nod in this episode, <laughs> uh, the Vanix. Uh, I don't want him, you know, I like watching him float around. I, I don't want him to be recognized early in his career and, you know, maybe stay in Calgary. I, I want him to bounce around the league uh, like one of those Super Bowls you buy at the mall. Give me Dion Phaneuf, man. That six foot four motherfucker. You could have uh, had a was, giant. No, give me We're getting a defenseman. Don't you dare talk me out of this. I'm already committed. Uh, he came out of the gates red hot, man. Uh, coming in five oh six. You get a guy getting 50, 60, 60 point seasons, man. Look at that. He's he was the Lindstrom of Calgary. How about that? Hey, did we did we screw up and not take Getzlaff? No, I took. Oh, it. you did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to screw up, and not... no, I plucked both the the uh, Anaheim cornerstones. I, right, had both, cool. I had Perry and Getzler. Well, this... so I'm I'm allowed to take the Lidstrom of Calgary here. Um, <laughs> well, this this is oh. this is as easy as it oh, gets. Don't make me feel bad about this. This is as easy as it gets for me uh, drafting for uh, the Canadians because I get to match winger for winger, um, and a, a huge upgrade. Not that. Uh, you know, I, I, Montreal does does love their Kostitsin, but um, pick up a guy that's uh, we we talked about one half of this pickup. So uh, the career changed once uh, we talked oh, about Ryan Suter, yeah. and now the other part of this was Zach Parise moving over to Minnesota. The other bell of the ball. But who knows yep. what happens? 
uh, you know, especially with the New Jersey Devils, who who used uh, Parise to get to the Stanley Cup. But who knows what happens with Montreal, and if uh, if that relationship gets a little bit better, coming to uh, a, a got a hockey market that never dies, considering we've seen some terrible years from Montreal and. Man, they're still jam-packing yeah. that stadium, but uh, they're going to have a superstar uh, for a little bit to cheer for because uh, Zach Parise is going over to Montreal. Do you think that, because, you know, that was, uh, he was the bell of the ball when, uh, you know, the Red Wings were emptying out, you know, getting cap space to sign this guy. Yeah. Um, God, was that the year Lidstrom left, and was that 2012? So we, we just had all this empty space. We're going to have a new top defenseman. Uh, we're going to have a new forward here at Parise. And he just wanted to go home to Minnesota. Do you think that Montreal's, like, hockey fanaticism would be enough in this fantasy world to keep him there? Or would it kind of be the same situation where he leaves from Minnesota after that, you know, first uh, big contract? Well, I think at this point, uh, kind of looking at the, the Canadians, and they're going to have they're going to have short up goaltending, right, at this point. Um but now you get to ask the question, um, you know, we, we even talked about Yaroslav Halak going for, uh, for Montreal in this season. But you're talking about a guy in 2009 and 2010 that racked up 82 points. The year before was 94 points. So this is a guy that, that gives you a lot of offense, um, is getting heart consideration. So I, I just, maybe it's worth it because you don't always get a guy that's going to rack up 94 points for you in 82 games. So have that for as long as you can um you know a lot of that has to deal with um your team surrounding uh you know your 94 point production seasons but um i don't know at, at that point have have a couple superstars on your team um i i, I kind of would really like to see uh what that team would look like zach parise carrie price um pk suban that, that'd be fun for for a couple of seasons um and then, of course, it, it's all going to break up and go to hell because you got to pay Carey Price so much money. Maybe his contract isn't so big because they're going to say, well, look, Carey, you're doing fine. But uh, a lot of this has to do with our offense that's doing fantastic. So we can't give you as much money. you got to make sure that we you know, we have some balance. So maybe that even helps out Montreal. But uh, yeah, in any case... I'd say, too, I'd say, too, like, it was more of a... When he didn't pick the Red Wings, it was more of a symbolic gesture that, you know, like that arrow was over. You know, that we couldn't just you know buy a buy the best free agents on the market anymore yeah um and i know that you got to kind of say it with a grain of salt because of how bad we've been uh, like not even competitive hockey the past couple of years but at least with you know what what you're um choosing to do for montreal like the devil's got all his best seasons like three of his you know top four seasons were all you know at the start of his career when he was you know 27 and younger and since then, he hasn't quite been able to, you know, get to that point where he's playing every single game. You know, uh, he starts his career 81, 82, 81, 82, 81. Um, you know, and his last season was 82 with the Devils. And he's, you know, he hasn't been able to stay, you know, as healthy in Minnesota. He hasn't been able to get the the points because he hasn't been able to stay on the ice. So I think that's a really, really good pick for number 10. So you hats off to you, man. Thanks. All I needed was my crystal ball. Um, <laughs> good old hindsight. All right. So basically, yeah. uh, how this all always rounds up is that that's our that's our ranking of the top ten guys mixed with uh, some players getting drafted where uh, the teams may have been looking for holes to fill that won't be filled for a couple years. I don't know. 
with we do our best to strategize this but that's uh that's the 2003 draft uh man we went on forever there's no way this is going to fit on igtv so i'm going to have some snippet to do uh but everybody thanks for tuning in please head on over to igtv and uh or actually just go to our instagram brothers underscore of underscore discussion so you can uh, keep track of all of our new episodes for both this and our pro wrestling show. We have our YouTube channel, of course, Brothers of Discussion. Uh, we do the same thing there, posting those episodes. And uh, it's at BOD Podcast uh, on Twitter for pro wrestling, at BOD Hockey for uh, our hockey show. But find the hub, BODpodcast.com and BrothersofDiscussion.com. And as always, if uh, you could subscribe, uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts for both shows. If you are a fan, it really does help out the show and the ranking and our visibility so we greatly appreciate it uh yeah head on over and uh thanks for checking us out and everybody have a good one say bye to wilford brimley Hi, everybody. This is Matt Klink of the Brothers of Discussion, reminding you that you can find the Brothers of Discussion at BODpodcast.com, BrothersofDiscussion.com. Find us on Twitter at BODpodcast. And, of course, we are bringing you content every Thursday, if not during every Monday Night Raw, every NXT show, every AEW Dynamite, every SmackDown, every pay-per-view, every major show happening in the United States. The Brothers of Discussion are covering it, so if you want good wrestling coverage come to the brothers of discussion thanks everybody hi everybody thanks for tuning in to another episode of the discussion five can't thank you enough but to try to give back we're here to tell you about another cool hockey contest that the hockey podcast network and the discussion five are very proud to tell you about if you are interested in walking away with a $175 cool hockey gift card, you've got to listen up. Because if you buy a jersey from coolhockey.com before June 1st, so from the moment you hear this till June 1st, you will be entered to win a $175 cool hockey gift card. Now, once you make that purchase, your name is automatically entered, and it has to be a jersey purchase to be entered all you have to do is go to coolhockey.com slash THPN. And you know what? Mother's Day's coming up. So you go ahead and get your mom that hockey jersey that she's always wanted. And now you're entered for the Cool Hockey Gift Card Contest. Now, a couple little snippets here. If we get 10 jerseys sold by May 15th, this sucker's going to turn into a $200 gift card. That's right. So you want to share with your friends and your buddies what's going on here. Now, make sure you also use the promo code THPN to get 30% off the hockey jersey that you're purchasing. So just to run this down one more time, we've got coolhockey.com slash THPN is the location you want to go to to run this contest uh, and buy your next hockey jersey. Get your mom a hockey jersey for Mother's Day, and then you'll be entered to win a $175 cool hockey gift card to give to your dad for Father's Day.